0: There's another one you don't want to hear. <laughs> Frankly, you've hit July. Hello and welcome to episode 52 of the Power Chord Hour podcast. Hope you're doing well out there wherever you're listening to this. Thank you so much. As always, I'm your host, Anthony Merchant, here with you once again after a little winter break there. Uh, Thank you so much for hanging in. And uh, I I know I kind of lied. I know I said I would be back last week. Did not happen. But uh, here I am. I am finally back. And uh, you know what? It was nice because I enjoy doing this weekly but uh, it's one of those things where if you don't get to do it for a week or so, you want to do it even more. So, like, I'm even more excited to be here doing this. Um, yesterday's radio show, I'm recording this. It's weird to say it because this podcast comes out on Mondays. And normally, I uh, like, nine times out of ten, I record them on Saturdays. Um, you know, I mean, if a, guest, if a guest needs to do it, like, a different day or something – uh, you know, I'll, I'll do it, whatever works to them. But if it's a solo one or it's just like like the uh, last ones, you know, it feels like it was so long ago that I recorded them. But like with Zach and Kyle and uh, ones like that, we normally do them on like a Saturday night. So like, you know, I'm talking about now and it's like the radio show was last night, but it was Friday night. But you're listening to this at earliest on Monday, so obviously that wasn't uh, yesterday. So, uh, yeah, I get it all jumbled. Maybe it's just me. Maybe maybe it didn't confuse anyone up until now, but uh, I, I guess I confused the hell out of myself. But anyway, um, you know, yesterday uh, on Friday night, you know, I was doing the radio show again, and uh, once again, like for the first time in a couple weeks, and was just so, like, reinvigorated and uh, so stoked to do it. And uh, not only that, but it was very cool um I know I've been talking about it on here that our fifth anniversary is coming up and uh it was exactly yesterday february nineteenth two thousand sixteen um that was our very first episode premiered on uh one oh seven point nine w r f a right here in jamestown uh same place and i'm still doing it same place and i'm still recording right now even though uh it's it's a different studio now it has been renovated and uh in those five years I've recorded, uh, I, and I think I've done the rundown of this before, so I won't spend like tons of time on it. But I think I've recorded this podcast and radio show. I mean, more radio show than anything, but because uh, really, this podcast has mostly been recorded at my home studio and uh, the studio here at WRFA, and uh, I don't think anywhere else. No, nowhere I can think of. I, I a couple times did like when I uh, when I did the Blue Ridge Parkway. Or uh, last summer, and uh, you know, I was hiking and stuff. I did bring, I believe, my little task cam with in case I uh, wanted to record something. Because I, I, I live basically when I travel like that. I live in my Honda Element, and uh, you know, I've recorded things in there before. It actually, does not sound bad. Even like guitar and stuff, I've recorded in there, and uh, and even sometimes just with the voice memos with uh, my iPhone. And actually, does not sound bad. It does not sound like it was recorded in a car. If I didn't tell you it, you would not know. And uh, that amazes me. Don't get me wrong. It's not studio quality, but uh it is not what you would think it would sound like. And, uh, you know, shout out Honda Elements. It's probably because it has very good acoustics. but uh, yeah, I've recorded things in there. so uh, I have brought it with before. I don't even think that's the only time. I've brought it with other times where it's like I do have the idea of like, you know, at some point, I'll, like, take a break from a hike and I'll just park somewhere in the shade, like, eat lunch and chill out. And maybe I'll, like, try to record one. But, like, it's just one of those things where even though this is fun, like, I don't think of this as, like, you know, work or anything like that. I It just never, like, honestly, like, I don't think I've ever been done hiking and go, you know what, I want to record a podcast right now. Like, it's the last fucking thing that I want to do. So, I, I will normally bring a recorder with... And uh just be like, "You know, like maybe this is the time, but I've never recorded an episode in my car one of these days, I will I mean it's not far fetched at some point i ha- like in the first five years, it blows my mind that it's never happened, but in the next five years, and in the first decade i will I will eat my shoes on on air i guess i I don't know, um, email me with a better idea, something better than shoes. I don't know it was the first thing that came to mind." but uh if if we hit the ten year mark in another five years and I haven't recorded in the back of a car, and I'll just say a car maybe it won't even be my Honda element, but just in the back of a car um yeah, I'll eat my shoes because i i will i' won't, I won't be able to believe it. I can't believe it hasn't happened yet, but uh yeah, as far as the podcast goes, mostly just recorded in my home studio and uh here at w r f a in the beautiful new studios i mean they're they're really nice, the old ones were nice too. But uh they had more of a I don't I don't know, like like mm. <laughs> I'm trying to like think of a way to like describe them. Like they weren't they weren't trash or anything like that, but they were a little more you know what? That one was more cozy, like that one was more of just like a hang, if you will. This one is more of like a bona fide studio. Like there's three studios in here, um really nice big windows. That uh, you know, look out and uh, an actually very nice view of a uh, downtown Jamestown. I look out the the one windows here. Uh, it's a very cool building and everything. Like it looks very very cool, very different from what it once looked like. But uh, yeah, I mean, all in all, the podcast is uh, you know, podcast side just kind of recording it here and there. But uh, yeah, all together we've recorded it in the two old studios at WRFa. Uh, WRFa when it was a makeshift studio in the in a uh, basement while they were renovating this place. Uh, the new WRFa studios. Uh, my home studio here in Jamestown and my home studio in uh, Minneapolis my studio studio That was my studio in my studio apartment uh, Where I guess you would probably someone probably would have a dining room in there you know, someone else would have had a, a table to eat at I didn't have a table to eat at I had a student <laughs> I had a uh, I had a studio in my uh, In my apartment like here's the thing you could have recorded an album in my in my apartment but you couldn't have eaten at a table. <laughs> um that's just how that went. You couldn't have eaten at a table, but you could have recorded an album there. Um I mean, wh- now to be fair, probably with uh, electronic drums cuz it was like a uh complex. Um so yeah, like there were there were lots of, and I was uh, I had uh I had downstairs neighbors. So uh, yeah, I don't I don't know that a real drummer would get away with that for very long. But uh yeah, if you were using uh you know like drum loops or an electronic drum set or something, definitely could have recorded an album there. Could have, I mean I recorded a radio show and uh, interviews and everything there, but uh yeah, didn't have a table to eat at. But uh hey, hey, you do you do what you have to do. But uh yeah, so what I'm getting at is in 5 years we've recorded the show many many places, but uh I love the new studio here at WRFA. It's uh it is it's just a very it makes me feel professional. That's what I'm getting at here is that it's a very nice looking studio. It makes me feel very professional. And, uh, I love doing it here. I really do appreciate WFA for letting me do the radio show now for five years and also being cool with letting me, uh, you know, record the podcast here as well. Um, I enjoy, like, here's the thing. Like I enjoy my home studio. I love that you can record things at home and everything, but, uh, I, I honestly think anyone who would tell you that they enjoy that environment more than a real studio like has never worked in a real one. Like, and I'm not. Look at people. There's there's so many people who worked in much nicer studios than me. Like, I'm not. I'm not saying I've worked in like the greatest studios ever, but I've I've been in enough of them and worked in enough of them. Not just here, but other radio stations and uh, just other like recording studios and stuff as well. Like in college and. Uh, different places. And like that, you just can't beat. I feel like, like there's just something about that. Like there's a, there's a feeling where once again, it's almost like more bonafide, whatever you're doing, or it seems more professional or more serious when you're doing it there. You know what I mean? Like, like, like interviewing somebody. And I mean, here's a good comparison, which is a real one because this this is coming from me personally doing it. But like I enjoy doing, like I love that you can you can do that stuff at home. But like doing an interview at like you know like it in my studio apartment, like you know interviewing like Michael Beinhorn in my studio apartment, like the dude who produced like Soundgarden and Hole and Ozzy Osbourne and the Red Hot Chili Peppers and and uh you know all these different bands, like you know that's cool, but it feels much cooler when I'm like interviewing someone in a studio, you know what I mean? Like behind a mic with headphones on, I have the mixing board, which to be fair, I have that in, in, you know, I had that in my apartment as well, but it's like, I also had sheets hanging up everywhere. And, uh, you know, I had a humming refrigerator behind me, which became an issue because, uh, I have a very nice mic. Uh, if, if you, uh, I mean, if you, if you don't, you either give a shit or you don't, but, uh, you know, I have a shirt SM7B, and that's a very nice mic. I mean, it's a great—I I splurged on it. It's one of those things where I'm like, I'll have it forever, you know, I'll use it forever and whatnot. It's just one of those things where it's like when you have it, then you have it, and you'll always—it's like an SM57. Like, you have to have it. Again, these are things where either you give a shit about what I'm saying or you have no clue what I'm talking about. But uh, But, yeah, anyways— uh, you know, you have to turn the gain up so much on those, uh, SM seven bs that it would just like, I mean, I guess I could have unplugged my refrigerator, but I didn't really want to do that. So like, unless I wanted to unplug it, there was no way of me getting a good level with that mic. Cause it was either too low or. Or it was hot enough where it was, yes, it was picking me up good, but it was also picking up my refrigerator, like, just as much. Just the constant buzzing. So a big pain in the ass. Um, it was funny. I had to use, but you know what? My my cheap USB snowball mic that I've had for, I mean, I think I got that when I was, like, 13 or 14 for Christmas. Like, probably, like, 08, 09. Um So, yeah, I've had it for, like, 12, 13 years and, uh, you know, thankfully that thing came in handy and that did not pick up my refrigerator and uh, work just fine. Those are those are pretty good mics, too, if anyone ever needs like a cheap one. But uh, and actually, I was going to I was just going to say I was talking about the Shure SM57 mics, but it's like that's one of those things. I was just uh, talking to uh, my buddy, Zach, who, you know, you, you just heard not too long ago on those uh, unpopular music opinion episodes, which I love doing. I, I, that was such a blast. Um, you're going to hear more of them. I mean, you know, Zach's been on a couple times now. I think that was his third appearance. Kyle's been on, I mean, I think Kyle's been on, like, five or six times now. And, uh, you know, a lot of those are, like, two-parters. So if you count that, I mean, like, even more, you know, you can basically, like, double actually both their appearances just because we do really, you know, because it's just buddies bullshitting. But, uh, yeah, I'm going to have them on a lot more, I think. Uh, People seem to really like those episodes, like, really one of our most popular ones is is our top 5 blink-182 songs and uh i do often wonder why uh why it's so popular i don't know if it's popular for the right reasons or not but uh you know that that was a very fun one to do but it blows my mind it's <clears throat> like it's higher up there than certain guests i've had on here who I would have thought would have been the biggest ones like that. But that's a surprising thing to me, though, that, that I've kind of learned. And I kind of learned even before the podcast, like you just with the radio show is like the biggest names aren't particularly the ones that get the most eyes on your show. Like like because like, you know, like Stephen Jenkins, like there's one like Stephen Jenkins, the third eye blind, one of the biggest people I've ever interviewed. It was awesome. And it was an honor to do. But, like, it's not like that was some kind of interview that, like, broke me or the Power Chord Hour or got me, like, thousands of followers or thousands of listeners or anything. I've gotten more interactions from people and people turned on to the show from smaller bands and smaller artists who I interview who have, like, cult followings, you know, who just are, like, very – like, Ben Jorgensen of, like, Armor for Sleep. That one has, like, tons of – like, that's, like, one of our most popular and listened to episodes – and it's like, you know, obviously Armor for Sleep isn't as big as Third Eye Blind, but, you know, he, uh, you know, Ben was Ben was very cool. He helped share it, spread the word, and, like, you know, kind of get it out there more and help out. And, you know, that was a lot, you know, that kind of got more attention on the show than some of the bigger artists and stuff. So, really, you never know what episodes are going to be big. And uh, also some of the ones where I thought, you know, who are even, like, yes, they're guests, but they're also buddies of mine, you know what I mean, like with Zach and Kyle. Where, like, that you know, episodes with them or some of them are like way bigger than ones with like musicians who I consider famous, you know. So, uh, yeah, you just never know, but uh, yeah, it, it was very like I was saying, you know, earlier, you know, I, I was off for a couple weeks there, and uh, and uh, you know, I, I coming back to it, like, it makes it even more fun, and then doing it on the fifth anniversary, like, I was so stoked that uh. It fell right on it. And I didn't realize that either, to be honest, because I always forget the exact date. Like, and I can always find it. because like my Facebook memories pop up and like, you know, like, thankfully we have social media now. So there's inklings of like, you know, like, like there's, there's proof that it happened basically. So like, you know, it will pop up, but like, I always forget. I know it was like the second or, or not the second, sorry. It was the third or fourth week of February. I knew that it was at, it was at the end of it but I can never remember the date, you know, it's like all I know is like the vicinity of it. Like it's in between February blah and February blah. But uh, like a few days beforehand, um, I realized that it fell on the exact day, that Friday um, on the 19th. And I was very, very stoked about that. And, you know, for a while, like, like I didn't realize it until then, but I knew it was coming up. And for a long time I was trying to think of what to do and, uh, you know, I'm like, how, you know, how do you celebrate it? Cause like I am like, I'm very proud that I've been doing it for five years. I mean, it's like one of my favorite things that I've ever, you know, done. I've met so many cool people from it. So many fun, like so many fun stories, so many cool things from it. Like even like off mic, like, I mean, meeting people who I've interviewed on here, becoming friends with people. And uh, you know just just hundreds hundreds of different things. And I mean, really, the number one. And I've said it before. I mean, I, I this is well documented. But honestly, the best thing is that for about five years, I don't think I really started getting radio promos till like a year in. So you know, maybe like four years, maybe not five. But uh, I I've not uh, those sweet sweet radio promos, not having to pay for, like, fat releases or Epitaph releases or, like, any any of these other labels who I absolutely love and for years have spent all my money on. It's, like, it has saved me money. Like, it's not that this show makes me money. Like, it really, it's never, it's never really made me money. Like, it's made a couple dollars here or there. But, like, trust me, I've put much more money into doing this show than I've ever made. But it has saved me money because... I used to spend so much money at, at, at record stores and now I don't have to cuz all those labels are are rad enough to uh you know send radio promos to to little shows like me and uh, other other like you know little uh, independent shows and college radio stations and stuff and places that will play rad music like that you know and uh you know I think you need that and not not to be like self-serving not that not that you need the power chord hour in no way shape or form do i think you need this shitty show but uh just more of of the fact that anyone's out there you know spreading the word on on bands and music that you wanted to hear other places you know or otherwise it's good that there's a home for it you know like i always like and that's the thing like i always try to hold here like Like, that's the right thing about college radio. And that's what, like, I almost try to do this show and just the Power Chord Hour the last five years, really, with the spirit of college radio. And, I mean, I started it my last semester of college. And, uh, you know, a big reason I started it was I just kept fucking around with doing a show at the college radio station. And, you know, I mean, this basically, the show did start with what I would have had, you know, on a college station. So, I mean, it did. I shouldn't even say that the spirit is of that because, really, it did start out as you know what would have originally been on a on a college station which uh, you know it was my last semester too so it was probably better that it wasn't because then i would have had transition and shit so you know probably not a bad thing that it wasn't on there but uh, you know just that idea of you can play a couple different things that aren't exactly the same like i can play a ska band from the 90s and then play, like, an indie rock band and then, like, a pop-punk band from five years ago and then, like, a post-hardcore band from the early 2000s. You know what I mean? Like, like just play different th- – and then throw, like, a replacement song in there, you know, and stuff. Like, like you know, you kind of get the gist. You know what I play and listen to and uh, talk about. But, uh, yeah – you know, like like I think you need that, and that's definitely a place where I come from and try to try to continue doing that. Even like even once I got out of of college, that idea of you know fuck a format in the sense like because here's the thing: the format should be the quality control of is it good? You know what I mean? But like that should be about it. You know, like I mean, obviously, like look at like this is a music podcast, so it's like like traveling. Like I love to travel. I talk about it a little bit on here, but I try not to do it too much. And it's like, I think you can blend in different things, but like, I think as long as your main focus is just like, this is music that I love and I just want to get the word out on it, you know, like, like, again, like, I don't really care if it's ska or if it's emo or if it's, you know, pop punk or whatever. Like, if I like it and it's like within the vein of what I do here, it's like, oh, okay, like, yeah, I'll share it. Like, I was talking, I think I mentioned them not too long ago, and maybe I'm, maybe I'm wrong. But uh, uh, Chris, a, a, a new buddy, which is very, very cool. Like I was saying, you know, one of the perks of doing this show now for for five years, like meeting people and stuff. But uh, Chris Revel, who does the Let's Chat podcast, um, while we were on break, I uh, was talking to him on the phone. He, uh, he uh, called me up when we talked for like an hour or so. And, uh, you know, like that's what I was telling him was like really, and it, and it is true, like I mean it, but like. I was saying, like, I, I hope and I really do. Like, I mean, I hope you enjoy this show. I hope you enjoy every episode, obviously. But it's like I'm not I'm it's not lost on me. Like, I don't think everyone's going to enjoy every single guest or every single topic. So I don't think everyone's going to listen to every single episode. I think that's OK. You know what I mean? Like, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Like, I kind of would rather have a show where it's like, fuck it. I can interview and talk about different things that I enjoy that I think people will enjoy and maybe if you listen, maybe I will turn you on to something you normally wouldn't, you know, check out nor otherwise, because I do reel you into something that you would check out. But at the same time, it's like, look at like I'm totally cool if you want to listen to my interview with the singer of The Suicide Machines, but you don't you don't care so much about, you know, an interview with the singer third eye blind. Like I totally get that. Like and that's kind of the thing with it, where I'm like, it's like I don't think there's anything wrong with that. And it kind of goes back to like the college radio thing where it's like you know, you try to keep things within a certain, you know, I don't know that I'd ever throw like a polka song on here per se, you know, that might be a little left field, but it's like, if it's within a vein, I mean, basically if there's power chords in it, or, you know, I mean, if there's a power chord, then Hey, I'll play it. And sometimes, you know what? I've played American football on the radio show. So I've even played things without power chords, but you know, I try not to do that too much. Maybe, maybe on a, maybe on April fools this year, um, Actually, I do think the show falls on April Fool's this year. As I was looking up uh, the anniversary date uh, the other day, I want to say I saw it did. So if it does, maybe all I'll play is like just, just really like American football and uh, just all those bands with like weird time signatures and weird tunings, like no power chords at all. Um, you know, just, just really just interesting and odd rhythms and stuff. Like maybe I'll do that just zero power chords the entire time. Maybe, maybe that will be the, uh, April fool's episode, but, uh, but yeah, so I don't know. I mean, I just, I can't thank people enough for uh, five years of support of the show, I love doing it and I appreciate anybody listening because it would really suck if I've been doing it this long and no one listened at all. And I know people do. So that's what's rad is the fact that uh, I get feedback and stuff. That's what I really do. I appreciate it with people who uh, do follow us like on social media or write to me on uh, email or, uh, you know, however you get a hold of me. Um, It's just very cool because, again, it's like, you know, you want to know that people are listening. And I don't even care if it's. Like, I don't even care the volume, you know what I mean? Like, it doesn't have to be thousands of people. But the fact that anyone's listening, it's like, oh, okay, like, that's good. Like, I know I'm not just fucking crazy uh, just talking to myself and uh, no one checking it out. So, you know, I'm doing my job. As long as as long as people are listening to this and, like, going and checking out the music, then then my work is uh, done and that makes me happy. But, uh, yeah, I'm stoked to be back at it. I mean, it does. It feels like it was forever ago doing that uh, Unpopular Musical Opinions with uh, Zach and Kyle. And like, I, I was, I think I started saying that earlier. And uh, as you, if you've ever listened to this, you know I can get sidetracked very easy. But with Zach, yeah, I was talking to him recently about microphones. And I'm like, dude, like the, like a sure SM57 mic, it's like, you got to have that. It's like, for one, it's very affordable. Like, they're cheap enough. And it's like, you buy that and it's like, you'll always have a use for it. There's never a time where you don't need that. It's like, there's never a time where you're like, like, I never. It's funny cuz when I see them used I go why the fuck did that like did you just give up music altogether like like I guess maybe if you were like you know like if it's from like a venue uh, like a bar closes down and it's like oh you know they just sell them or whatever but I'm like if you're a musician and you record anything yourself it's like or I mean even if you don't record yourself just live I mean I mean fuck if you're a vocalist you know you could just have one for live shit and it's like I can't believe that uh you know, that's just one of those things where it's like, everyone should have that. Like, you know, there's certain things where I'm like, like guitar pedals are one of those things where I, I very much, I don't even remember the last time I bought a guitar pedal, actually, to be honest, it's been, it's been years. It may have been the last time, if I'm remembering correctly, I bought a wah pedal in 2016. Actually, I mean, going back to the anniversary, not too long after the show started, it was around the time I bought my telly and, uh, I bought that, and I want to say that was the last time I bought a pedal. I can't, I don't think in the last five years I've bought a pedal. And I just think I learned that, like, that's one of those pieces of equipment where, like, for one, pedals can be very expensive and your taste can just change. You know what I mean? Like, one minute, one minute, you're like, if you're really into, say, shoe gaze, like, maybe there's pedals where it's like, yeah, I want, and, and that one in particular you get an ass ton of pedals. But the second you don't want to sound like shoegaze anymore, it's like, well, fuck. I mean, unless you want to sound like, oh, those pedals are so specific that it's like, unless you want to sound a very specific way, like there's really no use for them. So it's like, I I think there's, there's certain things that I'm like are less practical, like pedals, obviously you need if you're going for a certain sound, but it's like, I don't mess with them too much. But something like like one of those Shure mics. I'm like, you know, me and him were talking. I'm like, dude, like, if, you know, that's the shit. If you're gonna record yourself, get one of those. And uh, and also, I mean, congrats to him. He did just get a, a a Mesa dual rectifier as well, which is very cool. I know he's looking at cabs right now. And uh, and you know, you know what? If you're a, if you're a uh, guitarist out there. And, uh, you know, which you have to, you know, and I'll get off gear talk here in a second. Because, again, it's like you either, it's going back to when I was talking about mics. This is this is either interesting or you really fucking hate this. So uh, I'll keep it brief. But, uh, yeah, PowerCordHour gmail.com. I mean, hit me up. What cab do you think uh, Zach should get? You let me know and I will text him your answers. and uh, Or maybe I'll even just, like, CC him or whatever, like add him to our email conversation and uh, we will tell him together. We'll be like, dude, you need to get – I told him in orange because that's what I have, an orange PPC uh, 210s. And uh, I love that with my Marshall JCM 900, which is the other thing with pedals. It's like, dude, I get the best sound out of that thing, the best tones that I'm like, I don't – I really don't need pedals. Like I have my Gibson SG plugged into that 900 with the orange cab. And it's like, oh, that's just beautiful. Like, that's like, there's a reason this show's called the Power Chord Hour. And it's like, that thing played with power chords, oh my God, it is a, uh, it's power chord heaven. I mean, it's a beautiful thing. And uh, including, I'm a terrible guitar player, but it makes me sound halfway decent. So, you know, shout out to Good Gear. For uh, bad musicians, um, and that's kind of the secret with most of your favorite bands, and a lot of bands that I play on here play that rig, which is the reason why I play that rig. Because a lot of the people that I listen to played that, and uh, you know, I kind of went off of that. And I can <laughs> I can assure you that not all of them, but some of them um, definitely sound as good as they do, not because they're uh, as talented. But more or less, because they have very nice gear and uh and I don't lie, some of them do some of them won't acknowledge that, but uh I'm not in denial, I believe that, but uh not Zach Zach's a very good guitar player and uh and speaking of which i don't I don't think I've brought this up because we were doing it a little bit before uh uh a few months ago, and then I kind of went by the wayside, and we're starting again, including as he's getting this really good gear, but uh me and him have been doing stuff, you know obviously I'm in uh, New York, and he's in Illinois. But uh, online, we've been uh, starting to kind of like throw ideas back and forth for like cover songs, and we did start doing "What's My Age Again," and uh, I think that might even be on a SoundCloud. Honestly, like you can hear it's not finished, but I think I think he did put up one of them on uh, his his SoundCloud, Zach Gorsheski and uh, you can you can guess how to uh, spell his name Cause off the top of my head. I'm sorry, Zach, I cannot spell your name off the top of my, <laughs> off the top of my head. He is my buddy. I love him. I've uh I've slept on a love seat next to him before, but uh and we've both watched each other vomit and uh but yeah, I I can't spell his last name. I I'm sorry, I'm a shitty friend. But uh anyway, we've uh you know, we've been talking about doing covers and originals too. I mean, and for years we've been doing that too, just kinda sending each other ideas and kinda playing off of it. But we want to do it more but uh you know honestly if you are a drummer out there and you're just did i mean really just screwing around like we're just just for fun like we're we're trying to kind of do a uh online band of sorts i mean we were going to do covers but we'd probably do some originals as well but i mean uh covers wise i mean like i said blink uh for sure talked about the strokes uh definitely alkaline trio so far a lot of like early 2000 stuff which which really I mean is like where our love like our friendship kind of like I think was met there by our mutual love for a lot of that stuff so I mean a lot of our covers in there but we've thought of we've thought of other stuff as well but I mean you know like basically if you're a pop punk drummer and uh you know you want to like do some shit online. Uh, hit me up, com. That that would be rad, actually, to get a listener involved. Um, that would be very cool. And uh, yeah, um, it would be rad. He's a really he's a really good guitar player. He is a, a good singer. Kickstart. I mean, he's talked about it on here before, and I've played him on the show. But uh, you can hear you can hear uh, Zach's band. Uh, a little shameless plug for him here. Kickstart. Actually, it's not even shameless because it's not my band. So it would be shameless if it was my band, but it's not. So uh, this isn't a shameless plug. It's just for a buddy but uh kickstart and then I actually I think it's kickstartil.bandcamp.com but if you go on bandcamp just look up kickstart uh you can hear him there his guitar and singing and uh yeah good musician I love jamming with the dude um when when we've uh, hung out in person we've jammed together and uh I got to tell you we we did a we did a mean fallout boy I, I think when I uh I went to his house a couple it's crazy to say it was like 3 years ago now okay no maybe 2 I take that back maybe 2 years but uh, I brought I brought my uh, SG with, and uh, I played his bass, which was really rad. I forget exact. It was a PV, and it's from the '80s, I believe. And he'll kill me if he hears this because I'm probably fucking it up. He'll be like, "No, it's a '70s whatever." But it is a it is a PV. I want to say it was early '80s, and I can't remember the name of it. But uh, really nice bass, nice deep round sound, but still punchy, which is what I like. And uh, I mean, my favorite my favorite bass, going back to like fucking gear talk. Hopefully you don't hate this, but I mean, like, I love my my main bass is a stingray, which is uh, which me, me and him were having fun because, uh, like I said, we covered uh, what's my age again, and we started to kind of demoing it. And I asked him first, but I'm like, because I'm like, you know what, like we can do it, but we really don't need to stick to the original, like straight up. And like I have a jazz bass, like what Mark Hoppus plays on uh, on you know, and I'm of the state or on that one I should say because Jerry Finn. Credit to him and credit to Mark Hoppus as well. But one of my biggest things with uh, musicians, and I should bring this up with producers. I've, I've interviewed a few on here and I never bring it up. But, like, with guitars, they'll play 50 different fucking guitars on a record. Like, they'll track all these different guitars, all these different amps, all these different heads. Like, just all different pedals. Like, this song, we play these guitars and we played a different set of guitars on this one. Like, whole different rigs. And then it's like, well, what'd you do with bass? And it's like, well, they played a P bass through an Ampeg, like an SVT. And it's like – and don't get me wrong, that's a great tone. But it's like they never – like you never really hear of them going, well, you use this bass for this song and this bass for this song. Which is crazy to me because they all sound so different that that totally, like, like I love my Stingray. But sometimes that's way too punchy for certain things. So you need a jazz bass. Sometimes that's too punchy. So you do need a P bass. Like, like I like P basses, but not as much as a lot of people do. I, I would rather a jazz bass over a P bass, uh, tone-wise. But, like, still, it just depends the song. So getting back to, to with Blink, on Enema of the State, uh, and I think that's really the only one. Because by Take Off Your Pants and Jacket... I think he was playing. He might have been playing his signature bass, Mark Hoppus at that point, and uh, and on uh, Dude Ranch, I th- I think he's playing a Stingray the whole time. Everything before uh, Enema is Stingray, I want to say, and then uh, on Enema, though, he played a P bass, a Stingray, and a J bass, which again like goes back to that where it's like they they understand that like Jerry Finn understood that and uh, Mark as well. Credit to both of them that it's like, no, this song, you need this bass, and you need this bass for this one, and uh, it's kind of why they created his uh, signature bass the way they did, to kind of be a versatile one like that, but it's still, you know, like, like, I mean, it's more influenced by all those things, like, it it, it doesn't get the, it doesn't get the job done in the same way that it does, in my opinion, to play all of them, but anyways, getting back, getting back to it, I know this episode's filled with gear talk, but, uh, you know, Zach, I'm like, dude, like, how would you feel if I play with a Stingray? And he was like, fuck you out of the idea. And, uh, I love that song. What's my age again with a Stingray sounds really, really good. And it's funny cause we demoed it, but we don't have a drummer yet. So we just used a, uh, you know, just the isolated drum track from the studio recording in the, su- the demo sounds really good. Like we haven't, no one sang on it, but just Zach played guitar. He and and I think two guitars, like he, you know, like he layered it and I played bass on there and, uh, you know, and, and Travis plays drums, you know, I mean, technically, but, uh, you know, um, but it sounds really, really good. But like, we both were talking about it and it's like, well, does it sound good because of us or does it sound good because it's a fucking drum loop of fucking Travis Barker and like, we're still unsure. That's why we need a drummer. Like someone needs to play with us so we know it's good because there's a drummer, or if you're shitty, then we can just blame you. Then we, then we don't have to like look inward. We can just be like, Oh, obviously it's that fucking drummer. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, obviously it's that goddamn drummer that, uh, Anthony got off his podcast, but, uh, you know, yeah. So it's been fun. You know, we're gonna, we're getting back into it again and, uh, trying to write some originals, do some more covers. And, uh, yeah. So, I mean, honestly, like in all seriousness, you play drums or, you know, someone who does who, you know, who you think is bored and quarantined right now. Um, you know, I mean, there's no real, I mean, we're just kind of covering shit. I would imagine once we get a few done or do some originals, we'd probably put something up digitally. Like, you know, it's, uh, obviously an online band. We're not, we're not going to be like doing much together, you know, not that you really can right now, but, uh, yeah, if you want to do some shit like that for fun, you basically want to play drums on some pop punk songs with, uh, two dudes you've heard on this podcast then uh hit me up and we're still trying to get Kyle because uh if you if you do listen and he has mentioned it before but he doesn't he doesn't talk about it much but Kyle is a guitar player and a good one Kyle Steven who you've heard on here tons and uh wasn't a cool band flight plan uh great great man from uh Illinois and uh you know he uh he downplays i think his uh, musical abilities but he is a very good uh guitar player and a good pop punk guitar player so we're trying to get his ass on a song you know we're trying to coax him in we would love to just get him in the band as a as a rhythm guitar player with me and zach but uh you know we're at least gonna try to get his ass to uh you know come on and play some guitar on a newfound glory song or something you know we we, we got to get him we gotta get him playing some more guitar you know we we, we got to try to coax him into that so uh you know if you follow him on social media go uh i, I think he's just at kyle Steven on uh on like twitter and instagram and all that but uh yeah like like just 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 start bullying him not even <laughs> don't even be nice just go bully him and be like you need to go fucking play guitar with Anthony and zach like you need to go play some fucking you need to go you need to go buy an interface and you need to go buy an SM57 cuz you just do and uh you need to fucking play with them but uh but yeah so yeah that's what's been up uh been listening to a lot of music while uh on my break and and you know it, that's the other thing like like that is that is what I almost miss most when I'm not doing the show is when I don't get to do the radio show because I play a little music on here with like the monthly rundowns and uh, you know I I'll, I and I almost did February rundown this week because technic- technically our next episode will be like March first or second but then I'm like you know we still have a whole another week left so I'm like I'll just wait and do the uh, February rundown next week. And I thought this one just kind of come on and uh, come back and bullshit, talk about what's been going on and uh, and what I've been listening to and stuff. But yeah, like one of the things that I miss the most and uh, is doing the radio show when I don't do it is playing the music that I'm listening to, like the Dirty Nil. I played uh, I played a song off their new record, Fuck Art, uh, not too long ago. But like I've been listening to it nonstop lately while I've been on break, and Hang Your Moon is probably the best song I've ever written, and it's easily my favorite song on the record, and it's, like, not being able to play it until uh, last on, until last night's episode has been, like, killing me, because normally it's, like, whatever I'm obsessing over, whatever band, it's, like, I just play the shit out of them on there. You know what I mean? Like, like for a few months there last year, like, when I when I first realized how much I liked X, Like, I was playing X, like, every week for a while. You know what I mean? Like, you just – I'm like, oh, my God, this song's so good. You got to play – you know what I mean? Because it's great because I've had that – like, people – I know people have that. And including if you listen to this probably because, like, if you listen to this show, the people I talk to I know are real music fans who, you know, just really give a shit, listen to a lot of great stuff, and are very passionate about what they listen to. And, like, I mean, years before I ever had a radio show or any outlet besides just being on social media – being like, hey, but, but like even that, like you are just social media, like for years before this, just being like, here's a great fucking song and just sharing it on whatever. Or being like, like I remember the day I discovered Arches of Loaf and it's like right away, it's like one of my first reactions. Like I got to go on Twitter and be like, how the fuck have I never listened to Arches of Loaf before? Like acknowledged the world, be like, how the fuck have I never listened to this band? How have I went 22 years of my life? Because that's how old I was when I finally listened to them. Shout out to Andy Jackson of Hot Rod Circuit. That's how I started listening to them because he, he name-dropped them in a bunch of interviews telling people they should listen to them. And I listened to Andy, and he was very right. And I I loved that band. And uh, funny enough, I met him once after a show. And uh, and at first, I'm like, you know, it was a great, you know, I'm like, hey, man, great show, like, you know, big fan. And he was nice. You know, he's like, thank you. And then I told him he was the reason I got into Arch of the Loaf. And he was like – then he was really, like, he lit up and was like, and he even said, he's like, oh, you know, like, I'm so happy you're a fan, but I'm even more stoked that, like, you got into Archer's Loaf. He like, and he fucking sat there and just started, like, talking about him and stuff to me. Like, he just started talking about Archer's Loaf for probably, like, three minutes. It was awesome. But, uh, you know, like like, just things like that where it's like when you discover a band or a song that just blows your mind, you just want to share it with the world. So, like, to be able to have that. Like, I forget that at times. And then it's like when it's not there, when I'm not doing it, it's like, oh, fuck. Like, how do I share this? Like, what do I do? You know? And, uh, and yeah, so that that's what I had to realize. And, uh, yeah, being gone, like like with, like, the Dirty nil, you know, I, I just want to, like, play these songs for, for people. And if you're lucky, people like them or connect with them, the, you know, the same way that they uh, do to me. And I've said that before, too, as well. It's like the most rewarding thing, I think, of doing this is, uh, when someone goes, Hey, I discovered so-and-so through you. Like my, uh, shout out to, uh, Mr. K, my, uh, seventh grade and eighth grade history teacher "The leaves of memory. Yeah, that's who it was like, like early on when I started doing the show, which is also extremely nice. I mean, he, he was, uh, supported it since like the beginning, which is a uh, very cool, you know, uh, stuff like that. I think it's very, very rad. So shout out to him. But, uh, I remember him telling me after one episode that he listened to, he's like, hey, I'd never heard of the Lee's of memory before. It's like, they're really good and stuff. And like, you know, to turn someone on to a band they hadn't heard of before, like that's the whole, that's the whole like point of this. And, uh, you know, since then I've had a bunch of others, but I mean, that's a, that's a very special one. But, uh, you know, that's, that's like the point of it is like, you know, if you discover one band every time you listen, that's like very rad. And, uh, you know. I I talked about that too, you know, with the uh, fifth anniversary the other night, Uh, you know, just kind of my my hope is that like someone, you know, the podcast is different and, you know, you can listen to this from anywhere, so it had, which is still cool. I mean, I hope you discover stuff through here too, but like with the radio show, what I like is, yes, you can listen to it online and uh, now see, that's a shameless plug. The Zach thing wasn't, that was a shameless plug. I'm trying to tell you that you can listen to the radio show from anywhere, if you have an internet connection, which you're listening to this shit, so obviously you do, <laughs> so I'm calling you out. You obviously do, um, you know, or just a cellular, even if you just have that data. But, uh, you know, com, and uh, there's a streaming on there, plus the WRFA mobile app, uh, but only for iPhones, not for Android, just iPhone. But uh, anyway, you know, I mean, it's on actual radio. Like when I say this is a radio show, Nowadays, people with podcasts call their shit radio shows. like, no, motherfucker, that's not a radio show. Like, what you're listening to right now is a podcast. This is not a radio show. What I do Friday nights from 10 p.m. Eastern to midnight on 107.9 WFA and com and the WFA mobile app, (laughs) more shameless plugs, that is a radio show. And and my biggest hope with the radio show— is what, what what other ones have done for me is when you're driving through some random place, and you just pick up. Normally, it is a college radio station or a public radio station, a low power radio station like WFA, and uh, you'll you know where they're playing things that you won't hear on a top forty station or you know normally just a commercial station, and uh, you know that's something that I think is very cool, and it's even cooler. When it isn't a small place, you know, like Jamestown's a place of thirty thousand people. Like we're not a huge place, and uh, you know, like like driving through places before, I, I've discovered bands where it's like you're just driving through the middle of nowhere almost. You know, like you may not even have cell phone reception, but you can get a even sometimes a low power station that's playing some weird indie rock band that you would never hear anywhere else. You know. Like, uh, like actually to be honest, I've never been a Wilco fan, but the whole reason I became an uncle Tupelo fan was because I heard their cover of, I want to be your dog on just some random ass station near, uh, man, where was I? Like near Hemlock Lake in New York, like, uh, like a couple hours outside of Rochester. Um, I'm trying to think there is like a college near there. So it's probably like a college station, but, uh, you know, nowhere big. It's not a big area. Like the college is about all that's there. And, uh yeah, I mean, like, before that, I was never a Wilco fan. And I even know it was Uncle Tupelo. I had to look it up after. But, like, and what I love, though, is that wasn't even that long ago. Like, that was maybe, I mean, it was, like, maybe, like, five years ago. But, like, just the idea of it's not like it was in an age of only radio. Like, you know, there was a time where you still had your phone and shit. But, again, it's like we're just fumbling through, and it's like you start – Finding and I remember a trip we found a couple like other ones where like even if it wasn't stuff I was discovering they were playing like the Ramones and Tom Waits and just things that I love and it's like again like I just I think there's something there's like two things like hearing some discovering something you never heard before that you'd never hear anywhere else on the radio and also hearing something that you love but would never hear on the radio so like that's the other thing like I also like to play shit where it's like that's a classic but no, you know, like, just throw it out there where I, I want you to go, holy shit, like, I would never expect to hear that. Like, you're not, I really want to hit you left field, you know, like, so with both of those things, you know, like, that's, that's what I really hope with the radio show. Like, that's honestly, like, what I hope of, of anything that I've gotten out of the last five years. Like, I, I truly hope there's people who have just been driving through, like, like, in the Interstate 86 dr- goes through here. It's like, hopefully, there's people just driving through, fumbling through on a Friday night get on my state, you know, get on 107.9 and just, you know, like, like maybe they hear the replacements for the first time or maybe they're a fan and I'm playing like, you know, like, you know, you really don't hear them. But even if you do, I'm playing something that you want. Like Gary's got a boner. Like maybe I'm playing Gary's got a boner, which you're probably not, or till we're nude, one that I play quite a bit. That's one of my favorite replacement songs. One like that, which you're really not going to hear on the radio. And, uh, you know, hopefully hopefully, I get to do that for people where they either have like a holy shit moment where it's like they are discovering the band or holy shit, I can't believe I'm hearing this on the radio right now. You know, same with like Horse and stuff, like from the 90s, the band Horse. Like I hope, I mean, for one, I hope I turn people on to them just like I was turned on to them. I mean, basically you're just trying to spread the joy that you got when you discovered these bands. Like that's basically what you, what I'm trying to do with the radio show and podcast is like I just want you to feel the same way I did The first time I heard like Web in front, you know what I mean? Like, and that's an old ass song. Like, I mean, I'm, you know, it just took me forever, but like if you're a younger person or hell, if you're older and you just never heard Arch's loaf before, it's like, I want you to hear Web in front for the first time or the millionth time. Cause that song still hits me the same way I would say. I mean, maybe not as hard as it did the very first time, but it still makes me feel something. And it's like, you know, I want, I want someone to hear that shit for the first time or just for the millionth time and just hit them, you know, that that way. You know, you just hope to kind of basically do the same thing that I uh, happened to you and you heard it. But uh yeah. And lately that for me has been the dirty nil with a uh, fuck art. I've been listening to that a ton. Uh Bad Brains, their first record. That is uh that's been that has been on the metaphorical turntable. I really haven't been listening to vinyl that much. Though you know what though, I did uh, I think it's still a couple months away, but I did pre-order actually that Bad Brains record, the first one on vinyl, a nice limited green vinyl with the punk note covers that I talked about a few months ago about them, alternative covers for the albums, and they look really, really cool, and uh, I, that is coming in, a, in a, I think, a couple more months, but that'll be the first record I've gotten in... I don't know how long. I'm trying to think if I got one for Christmas maybe. Maybe I got a record for Christmas. I did. I did. I got the Ramones It's Alive. I got the live record, the box set with like 3 CDs and a and a record. Sire or not Sire. I mean that that is Sire, but Rhino's very I like those box sets they do. Same with the uh same with the replacements like with the Please to Meet Me one that did that whole episode on. But like where it's like 3 CDs and one record and then like a big ass like you know, like, like huge liner notes and interviews and stuff inside. And, uh, you know, like, like I think that I really like those and I like how they fit in your collection. Cause they fit with the vinyl and stuff. Uh, I really, I really like those. Um, I think the first one I ever saw that did that was I, I have a box set or not a box. Yeah, I guess it is kind of a box set, um, from BYO. I think it is. Um, and it's like, it's a compilation from like their first 10 years or 15 years or something. And, uh, and, uh, it's just really, yeah, it's kind of built like the same way, but I've had that for years. I was bought that in like the hot topic Clarence bin in like 2010, but it, it, it's like built the same way. I, I really do like those. Uh, they just fit in my collection very well. But, uh, yeah, another one, which I mean, at a time in my life was like one of my favorite albums and favorite bands, but I mean, it, it's been quite a while to be honest, but I do still have love for them. But, uh, Nirvana, nevermind. I, I gotta say, I've been listening to that a, a little bit lately, which actually, I mean, Happy Birthday, Kurt Cobain. Uh, as as I'm recording this, not as it's out, but Saturday night, as I'm recording this, it's his birthday, uh, February 20th. And uh, you know, he, he's one of those ones that's interesting. and I don't think I'm the only one. Like, I think Nirvana is one of those bands where you discover them early. You know what I mean? Like, they're one of your like, because because that's the thing is like, people want to be cool, but it's like to be honest, I think the majority, and I and maybe people disagree. But I don't, I I 100% think this. but it's like, I think most people, not everyone, but I would say the majority of people need Nirvana before they, before they can get to like Husker do, you know what I mean? Like, like, so the thing with that is, yeah, like, like Nirvana is one where I think it hits us all at a younger age and then you get older and they're not, they don't hit you the same way. You don't listen to them the same amount. And it's like, it's not that they're bad. It's just that there's a time and place And I think you move on to find other things like I think there's a lot of bands that are like that. Like like I like I've never been big like I'm not a big Led Zeppelin guy because I think just hearing the same five songs on on like classic rock radio kind of ruined them for me in my youth. But like I do know people who like not when they were young, not not like people who are older, who were like old enough where like they they were listening to Led Zeppelin, they were still around. But, like, there's even people, say, my age who maybe, like, in their teenage years started discovering classic rock bands like, say, Led Zeppelin, and now they're sick of it. Like, now they would never listen to Led Zeppelin for fun. And it's not that Led Zeppelin's bad. It's that there there was a time in their life where they listened to him so goddamn much that you just kind of get over it. You know, like, I think another one, like Nirvana's one. I think Green Day's one. Green Day was that for me for a very long time. And now I love Green Day again, but it's like there was a time where – I think I really loved them at like age 13 or 14 so much that later on in my teenage years, I kind of was like, I'm not into this anymore. I'm into this instead, you know, and that's the thing. Another one where, you know, I was getting into maybe harder shit, but before I got into the descendants and bad religion and bad brains and, uh you know, like Fugazi and Minor Threat and shit like that. I was listening to Green Day and Blink-182. 182. Blink-182 182 is another one where a lot of people, like I still love Blink, you know, Tom DeLonge era. But there's a lot of people I think get older and like kind of cringe at Blink or like, you know, did, like did don't listen to them the same way. But there was a time where they fucking loved them. And it's like, yeah, you may listen to harder than Maybe you listen to Crass now. But it's like you probably wouldn't start – you had to get there somehow. You know what I mean? Like Blink-182, Green Day, Nirvana, these are all kind of gateway drugs, I would say. You know, like they're very much gateway bands where you find other shit through them, you know. And then there's others. Like I think an interesting one, like the replacements, in my opinion, aren't a gateway band per se. Though maybe – and maybe I'm wrong. Like because there are people who end up finding them. But, like, what I think they are is they're a gateway band after you've discovered other things. Like, I didn't, like, I think it took me a while. Like, I like the replacements enough when I first heard them. But it took me a few years of listening to really, really get into them. And the thing is, I I think I got into other music. And once I started appreciating certain other music, then I appreciated the replacements. And once you appreciate the replacements, though, they're a gateway to other things. Because, like... I don't think I'd ever like Big Star if I didn't like The Replacements. There's a lot of college rock bands that I probably wouldn't like as much as I do if I didn't like The Replacements. Um like The Violent Femmes, I really didn't get into all that much until I liked The Matts. Uh The Lemonheads, didn't really like them all that much until the repla- until I liked The Replacements. Like there's a lot of like bands who like were either influenced by them or were kind of their peers who I think I had to have that gateway. You know what I mean? Like Totally. And, uh, you know, those bands are important and yeah, getting back to it, Nirvana was one of those for me. And, uh, you know, so yeah, I can't say, I mean, there was a time where, yeah, I mean, I think Nirvana did huge things for me, but, uh, you know, yeah. Now, nowadays, like in my twenties, I mean, from time to time, I won't say I've, I haven't listened to it at all, but like, yeah, it's like maybe something I'll, I'll listen to from, from, you know, maybe every couple of years I'll put it on. But, uh, yeah, I've listened to it again, and, and I do – it, like, reminds me why I, why I fell in love with it and why it was so important because it's the other thing. It's like, again, it's like you listen to it and you go, it is a good record because maybe maybe now – again, like I was saying, like, maybe now you love Husker Du, but the thing is you love Husker Du because you loved Nirvana, and Nirvana has elements of Husker du. Like, the whole – reason, you know what I mean? Like, you have to go back and acknowledge that. I think with certain things and go the whole reason you like, like, you know, this thing now is because you liked that then, you know? And it's like Nirvana is one of those things. I think where you listen to it and go, you know, including when you think of how big it was and you're like, Jesus, like this is a fucking band where it's like, you know, maybe they're not a straight up punk band, but you hear the punk influence and you hear the influence of this and that. And like, even though, and again, going back to the replacements, even though Kurt Cobain denies it, like, the fucking replacements and stuff, you know, like and that's a whole different thing. Like, I, I always do think that's interesting that he kind of was against the idea that he was influenced by them, which maybe he wasn't like. But I'm I don't I don't I have a very hard time believing that that like he wasn't a fan of the replacements and just in Paul Westerberg's songwriting. Like it just it blows my mind. I don't believe that and I also don't believe the world class fad isn't about him. Um, the Paul Westerberg song. And it really, I, I think, as it goes, I think Paul Westerberg did say it was about him. and then once he killed himself, I think Paul kind of doubled down. To be honest, I love Paul Westerberg, but I think he did double down or back down, not double down. I guess that'd probably be the wrong the wrong word. But he backed down and then started saying that it wasn't about him. So I don't know though. I mean, given given the, the when it was released and I mean, the lyrics and stuff, it seems like it would be about him because I know it also, you could also say it was about everyone in general from that genre, you know, the bands of the nineties who were kind of getting big off what the replacements did, you know, the a decade earlier. But uh, I, I do think the fact that, uh, you know, I, I think he had kind of said his disdain for Kurt Cobain before. And he has talked about it, even though like one might even be later, but I know in Trouble Boys, I think he talked about that like, he talked to, like, his therapist and shit about it. Like, he saw himself in, like, Kurt Cobain and stuff. Like, but, like specifically, like, Kurt Cobain and shit. So, you know, definitely, definitely a reason to believe that, uh, you know, world-class fad is about him. But, yes, I think Kurt Cobain was influenced by the replacements, and he was a replacements fan. And, yes, I think uh, Paul Westerberg wrote world-class fad about him. And it's also a rad song. I, I, love, I love Nirvana but I love Paul Westerberg and I love that song, you know, I, I love it all. It's all, it's all good shit. It's okay. You know, sometimes, you know what? Sometimes beefs are the best. Like, like to be honest, like there's bands where that piss and vinegar like makes them good. Like I, th- I honestly think that's why like, like it, it sounds ridiculous, but like the pettiness and stuff of youth, that's why all your people are like, your best stuff when you're young. It's like, yeah. Cause you're like, dumb and petty and really emotional and like you know like, like you start thinking about it it's like you're kind of I think sometimes it comes out in your music that way and then it's like once you're a little older and chilled out and things are a little less sporadic it's like you know you you're a little cooler you you don't you have a you have a more level head on your on your shoulder you know but but it, it is true I think with a lot of those uh you know like like with uh first albums and shit like that. You know, a lot of times that, that is why I think you hear that, the, you know, energy more. That's not to say some bands get better with age. There is really, cause that's the thing. Not every band, some bands, their best record may be their first, but there's a lot of bands whose their first record is their fucking worst. Like the, some bands do not start out amazing. Like some bands grow into it even in, and, and actually like, I like everything. It's not that I dislike the older stuff, but like the dirty nil. Like I was talking about how much I love the new record. Like, Master Volume, their last record, and Fuck Art are amazing. Before that, like, they're okay, but, like, I knew who the Dirty Nil was, but I never really cared until Master Volume. That's when I started really paying attention. Because before that, what I heard was okay, but I'm just like, yeah, they're just kind of an alright garage rock band. And, uh, you know, now, like, I'm loving it. Like, so far, Fuck Art's the best album I've heard all year. And, uh, you know, and Master Volume was one of the best albums of 2018, in my opinion. But, uh, you know, yeah, like some bands, their first record is not their best, you know, like some bands grow into that. And and it's interesting to, uh, to, to see with some, but, you know, sometimes that energy on the early ones, I, I think do come out more. And then the kind of mellower ones, there are just some bands where it's like, you know, if your life was shittier, like, <laughs> like the curse there, it, it is a gift and a curse becoming successful and possibly having a more comfortable life financially and, uh, you know, even art- artistically, just having people loving you for, uh, you know, a legacy or something like that. It's like you know, it might be easier to just be like, go on, uh, you know, cruise control or whatever. But uh, but yeah, listening to some Nirvana, some Bad Brain, some Dirty Nil, Green Day too, Green Day, uh, and just their back catalog in general. Um, like no, like I mean, Insomniac, um, for sure, Nimrod. Um, American Idiot even, um, I forgot, like, American Idiot was once, because it was really the one that got me into Green Day, but it, it's, like, not my favorite anymore, and it's been year like, I used to listen to it constantly for the first couple of years I listened to Green Day, but now it's not one that I put on a whole lot, but, uh, I, I have lately a few times, and I forgot, like, there's some really good songs, like, I... Like after a while, I get sick of the really long songs. Like I'm okay with uh, Jesus of Suburbia, but it's like after after a while, I'm kind of like, all right, I don't I don't need so many long songs. But like I forgot, like what's her name is a pretty good album closer, I would say, and a pretty underrated Green Day song. Like there's some pretty good songs, including more on the back end, I would say of American Idiot. You know, because the front end, really, I mean, basically the first half of that record is is hits. Like. Half of the, again, whether or not you liked American Idiot, maybe at that point you fell off. Maybe you were a fan of the older stuff and that wasn't how you got into him. Whether you like him or not, the first half of that fucking album was played every, like, radio, MTV, Fuse, VH1. Like, it was, I mean, the internet. Like, I mean, it was, you know, and they're in Rolling Stone and every magazine. Like, you couldn't get away from, like, the first half of that record. You know what I mean? Like, it's insane culturally. You know, it kind of goes back to like with Nirvana. Like I, like I was saying earlier, it's like when you think of how big that record was, nevermind, and just how big Nirvana got, and you go, you know, that was mainstream. And you listen to that and you go, like, wow, like, that's pretty fucking cool that that was mainstream. You know what I mean? Like, that's the other side of it. Like, yeah, you could look at it back in the day as like selling out and shit, but there's another side of it where you're like, you know, isn't it kind of cool though that it is? You know what I mean? Like, there's another side of it where it's like, I don't know, in a, in a sense, it's neat. I mean, now now it can become bloated, and that, that ends up being, I think, the bigger problem than it just being popular is when it becomes bloated or a parody of itself, you know, it as grunge and every other genre eventually does. But, uh, you know, popularity, I don't know, is the worst thing and kind of cool and uh, open the doors for a lot of bands, you know. Even if some of them never really went anywhere with the major label, you know, signings that they got, they definitely – if your band had, like, distorted power chords and you put out, you know, in after 94, basically, if you had, like, distorted power chords and were kind of alternative or anything grungy um, and you got signed to a major label, it was, like, 100% because of Nirvana. Like, you never would have gotten signed three or four years prior at all. Like, 100% thanks to uh, Nirvana. But, uh, yeah, lots of Green Day. I mean, Funkadelic, Maggot Brain. I talked, I've talked about that on here. I mean, I, I just discovered the genius of Funkadelic, like, last year. I mean, I, I've known forever, like, who George Clinton and everything is. And, uh, you know, like, I, I like the I like some of the early uh, Red Hot Chili Pepper stuff that he produced. But I've never got into, like, uh, you know, Parliament or Funkadelic or anything. And, uh, yeah, I mean, specifically, Maggot Brain. That record ceases to amaze me. It's, it's just insane. I mean, if you've never listened to that album, go listen to that album. It's so goddamn good. Like, it's just Eddie Hazel. Everyone should know who Eddie Hazel is. There's certain guitar players. Um, Billy Zoom from X, who actually another birthday. Happy birthday to Billy Zoom. Today is his birthday, um, February 20th. And uh, he is right up there with Eddie Hazel as guitarists who, how the fuck we aren't, like, putting them up there with, like, Hendrix, Or, you know, Clapton or, um, you know, Eddie Van Halen or Satriani or Tom Morello or who, you know, Slash. I mean, you you get what I'm saying. Like, should just be up there. I mean, Eddie Hazel's guitar playing. Holy fuck, he is amazing. And uh, same with Billy Zoom. I mean, Billy Zoom, I mean, just both of them, just rock guitar, just rock guitarist. I mean, neither of them are even, I mean, Eddie Hazel's very far from punk. You know, didn't 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 play any punk? I mean, X is punk, but you know, Billy Zoom's kind of. I think also what makes him amazing is he's kind of like a rocker playing punk. You know what I mean? Like he's not a punk per se. He's a very and he's like a guitar virtuoso playing punk. I mean, almost if you had like an Eddie Van Halen or something playing punk rock, um, which is a which I think is what's really fucking cool about him. But uh, two guitar players where it's just like. Rock music should be acknowledging them more. You should see their faces up more. When you go into a guitar center, their faces should be up there with all those people that I mentioned, basically. But, uh, yeah, Maggot Brain, amazing. Eddie Hazel, his guitar playing, holy fuck, um, just so good. Banner Pilot, I mean, I'm always listening. I feel like I'm always listening to Banner Pilot, actually. Like, ever since I started listening in, like, 2014, I don't know that I ever stopped listening to them. But I've been listening to them tons and uh and replacements as i talk about on here paul westerberg a lot of besterberg which i love and i I get it's a compilation i know it's a best of i know that's kind of cheating but it's like his best solo release because not so much on the early ones but some of the later stuff he does get more experimental and weird and this is more of a straightforward and i like some of the the lo-fi and the experimental shit but if you just want to, like, listen to a portfolio of, like, why he's a genius songwriter and why he was still good even after their placements, Besterberg is, like, is is like the best representation of it. You know what I mean? Like, just so good. Like, the whole thing is just so good from front to back. And, like, I listen to it and I just go, I fall in love again with, uh, with his songwriting. Like, every time. Like, it just, it really, it, like... It just makes me love music. You know what I mean? That's all I can say is I listen to it and I just go like, my God. But The Replacements, too. I've been listening to a lot of mats, specifically like Tim and uh, Please to Meet Me, that era of the band, and just listening to it and going like, listening to like Left of the Dial. And I, I know I tweeted this on the Power Chord Hour page not long ago. And I'm like, like, anyone who's ever written a song whose last name isn't Westerberg is just a hack. It's like if you're not Paul Westerberg, like, you just like why bother like why even fucking bother like who would who would bother to ever even try writing a song ever again after after fucking the replacements and once the replacements broke up in 1991 music should have just been over no one should have ever written a fucking note again all guitars should have been burnt like like drum kits just fucking smashed you know like just just really just yeah you know just just music should have ended there but uh, but no, we had to be greedy, and and look what happened. A lot of terrible. <laughs> that's the other side of it. I tried to, like I was saying earlier, I tried to highlight all the good music, but I also got to highlight all the shit music that's came out since '91. Um, you know, lots of terrible shit before that too. But I'm just saying, lots of uh shit after '91 too, after the replacements broke up. And uh, you know, maybe there's a correlation there. Maybe there is. Maybe there isn't. But uh, yeah, lots of that, and the Stooges too. The Stooges Funhouse. Um just been listening to that to that a lot lately. I mean that's another one where it's just like goddamn I mean those those guys are legends. I mean punks before punk was a thing. You know what I mean? Like it's just insane like how good they are. You know like just godfathers of something, you know, like really like it it's just amazing. And and that that that's probably my favorite uh, Stooges record too. It's just like they were and they're just so cool to this day. Like, I mean, look at like 50 something years later, like you, I look back at those pictures of like the Ashton brothers and, and iggy and all of them. And it's just like, they just look so fucking cool. You know what I mean? They're one of those bands that like, I think they'll always look that way. Same with the Ramones where like, you look at the Ramones, including those black and white photos from the original lineup with, uh, Tommy, Dee and, uh, Johnny and Joey. Like they just look like fucking delinquents. Like, it's amazing. Like, it's so good. And uh, the New York Dolls, too. I mean, talking about, you know, rest in peace, uh, uh, Sylvan, um, which is just so sad. I, you know, we were on break during that. I was to play a shit ton of New York Dolls. Um, you know, he, I mean, that's a that's another very underrated guitar player. You know, Johnny Thunders is in the New York Dolls. John, Sylvan Sylvan's a lot like uh, like Walter Lure, who passed away last year, where an amazing guitar player... Who got overshadowed because he was in a band with Johnny Thunders. If you're in a band with Johnny Thunders, you're gonna get overshadowed. You know what I mean? It's so like if you're in AC DC. Like it, like if you're in there and you're playing with Angus Young, you you're gonna be overshadowed. You know what I mean? Like people aren't gonna people people you're not gonna be the main attraction. And that's and that's not just the other guitar player. I mean, that's everyone in the band. But uh, you know, still Sylvan, amazing guitar player, just like Walter Lure, who uh you know, again, just being just their their guitar playing works so well with the interlocking with with Johnny Thunders. And you know, including with Sylvan being there in the very beginning, you know, as Johnny Thunders was becoming the Johnny Thunders that we now know and love, you know, the legend. But uh, you know, New York Dolls are another one where like you just look back at those pictures, like, talk about being innovative. You know what I mean? Like just innovators just looking fucking cool. Like in there just in the fucking high heels, just the big hair and shit. I mean, And like punk before punk, glam metal before glam metal, like, you know, like, I mean, all these different things before, you know what I mean? Like really before anything else that was going to hit and just, and, and good music too. Not just that, but the music's really good. That's the other important thing. Same with the Stooges where it's like, not just that they look cool. I mean, that's, it's great that they look cool aesthetically, but it's like, yeah, the music's also really fucking amazing, you know? So yeah, that's, uh, that's what I've been listening to. And uh you'll if you listen to the radio show, you hear a lot of that stuff here coming up. Um yesterday, last night's episode, I know I played Dirty Nil, Hang Your Moon. I did play Green Day, I played Steward in the Avenue, and uh did I play I played the replacements. I did play Paul Westerberg, but I did play I closed with Color Me impressed. What I did was I did play a few songs from our very first episode five years ago. And uh, the very first song I ever played on the show was Against Me is Up the Cuts, so we opened the show with that, and we closed with The Replacements, Color Me Press" because that's what I closed with on the very first episode. And uh, and, and I talked about it on on uh, the radio show, too. It's funny. Uh, the original playlist I had for the very first episode ended up getting altered in the studio because I had to bring in a burnt CD, like, of my playlist, and the format was all fucked up. Like, it wasn't reading the iTunes format or something, like... Like I can't remember what it was, but it was messing up. So thankfully, like like half of it imported, like half of half of the songs. Like if there were 20 songs on the first episode, 10 of them got imported. And uh thankfully for me, WRFA has such a rad library that like A, they either had the songs or they had good shit to play. Like I remember I had Archers of Loaf on there and they had Archers of Loaf because it didn't burn, but they had Icky Metal. Like shit like that. Like how cool. Like what a cool station. How many radio stations have fucking icky metal? You know what I mean? like. And uh, funny enough, the replacements, uh, I ended up playing twice because of that. Because uh, Another Girl, Another Planet, their uh, live version, I think from the very last show uh, from, from uh, Grant Park in Chicago, uh, July 4th, 1991, uh, the first time they broke up, and uh, I played that. It was either that or, or the incarcerated version. But uh, either way, I played one of those, and uh, in the middle of the show, and then I closed with "Color Me Impressed." But "Color Me Impressed" wasn't originally on there, but I threw it—I threw it in because I needed more songs. But uh, played that, so I opened and closed the same songs they did five years ago, and then some other ones like uh, "The Violent Femmes," "Please Do Not Go," um, and then some other, a couple others, and just really like I had fun because, like I mentioned earlier. You know, I was trying to think of something to do, like, kind of special for the fifth anniversary of, of the show. And, you know, at first I was kind of overthinking. I'm like, well, like, what the hell do you do? Because, like, I want to celebrate it. It's an anniversary. And and especially when I realized it, it fell on the same day. But then, like, I started thinking about it. It's like, what do I do? And really just getting on there and just bullshitting and talking about the show for the last five years. And doing things like that, like playing songs like I did five years ago. Talking about guests I've had throughout the years. And just behind-the-scenes stuff. Um, I think that ended up being the most fun, and uh, I and really, I talked so much about the show that I, I ended up having to cut some songs out of the playlist. So, you know, it was really enjoyable and just really fun, so, you know, I'm stoked to be back now. It's, uh, it's weird, because, I mean, again, it's like it is almost March, and I know this isn't even the first episode of the year. We've already had, like, I think three or four new episodes and a throwback episode with uh, Jeff Cadill, which that was a lot of fun. Uh, shout out Jeff. I mean, one of my—one of the nicest dudes, too, that I've had on the show— one of the nicest fucking guys, definitely will have him back on sometime, but uh, yeah, like, even though it's not the first, like, having the break when we did, it was kind of weird, like, I enjoyed it, it was nice to get to, like, you know, to, like, get away from the show for a minute, you know, not that I don't love doing it, but just take a break for, you know, a couple weeks, and uh, recharge my batteries, but it is kind of weird, because, like, it's still the beginning of the year, so, like, even though it's not the first episode, I feel like we're starting over again and we're like really starting the year like a real start so i am i'm starting to think of like who i want to interview who i want to have on topics for the show like solo episodes episodes with zach and kyle um you know thinking about some other guests you know i mean we've already been you know the show's five years old we've been doing the podcast for a year uh, thinking of some podcast guests to return and uh you noticed all that stuff but i mean like i want i want to know you know you listen to the show too and uh you know hit me up gmail.com. tell me who who you want to hear me play whether it's on the radio show or on you know like the monthly rundowns on here and uh, also who you want to hear me interview you know who do you want to hear me talk to you know who are your favorite musicians and uh you know again like I was saying like I want to turn people on to music and it's like turn me on to your favorite artists you know I'd love to hear who who the people who listen to this show who their favorite artists are cuz chances are I'll probably like it you know what I mean if you're listening to this show and you and you like what I'm playing and the people I'm talking to, we probably have mutual taste. So I'll probably like what you like, you know. So, uh, yeah, you know, I'd love to talk music with you. Hit me up, powerchordhour at gmail.com. But, uh, you know, either way, if you, if you don't want to do the legwork for me or the hard work and, uh, you know, like tell me who I should have on, it's all good. I'm coming up with people. I'm coming up with ideas. Uh, I'm excited. You know, more album anniversary ones. Like people, people seem to really like those episodes. Those have been some favorites of mine, just talking about records for their anniversaries and uh, i've reached out to a couple people already but also new people too i got i got to hit up uh, the dirty nils people i would love to have uh, their singer luke on or really any of them they're they're all they're all great i'd love to have any of those dudes on ross kyle uh, luke they're all good. they're all good dudes and uh yeah so that's the episode i'll be back next week with the february rundown we'll uh play a couple songs from the month talk about music from the month and uh all that good shit but uh, until then, stay connected with the show. We're online at Power Chord Hour on Twitter, on Instagram, on Facebook. We're on Spotify. Maybe you're listening to it on there. But we have playlists um, from our radio show. I put up everything that I play on the radio show. You can go check out what I played on the fifth anniversary special. It is up there. It's our latest playlist. And uh, and what else? Where else can you hit us up? PowerCourtHour at gmail.com. I have uh, stickers. They're absolutely free. Some Power chord Hour stickers. Just email me, and uh, I'll send you some. And if you'd like a Power chord Hour T-shirt, I'll send you a Power chord Hour T-shirt and some stickers, and uh, maybe even some guitar picks that I have left over. If you uh, go leave a review on uh, Apple Podcasts, go uh, leave a review. Send us send us a screenshot. Powercorehour@gmail.com or on social media. Just just send a screenshot somewhere. All you gotta do is send it to me somehow. And, uh, fucking carrier pigeon, take a Polaroid, (laughs) take a Polaroid of, uh, of the review, like on your phone and uh, give it to a carrier pigeon to fly to me. And, uh, you know, just, just not to my personal address. That'd be fucking weird. But, uh, if the carrier pigeon goes, the radio goes WRFA, it's all good. Just have drop it off there. And, uh, you know, just write my name on there, like attention, Anthony, and, uh, I'll get it. And uh, I will send you a t-shirt and uh, a big and some stickers and probably a thank you card and all that. But yeah, if you want to go if you want to go leave a review, it really would help the uh, show and as well as just spreading the word to people and uh, getting these stickers and sticking them on on things. I'm not telling you where to stick them. I'm not telling you to vandalize shit, but uh, you know get rad with them. <laughs> Do some rad shit with those stickers. so hit me up for them. But uh, yeah, that is it. I'll be back next week. Also, check out the Power Chord Hour radio show every Friday night. It is totally different from this. I play music for two hours and talk and uh, have tons of fun. And uh, yeah, it's a good time. So listen to that as well. But until next week for the Power Chord Hour podcast, I'm Anthony Merchant. Thanks for listening.